Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. Job chapter number one this morning, and I want to look at a few thoughts out of here with the help of the Lord today. Job chapter number one, you pray for us as we preach this morning that God would give us what we need and use us today. Job chapter number one, and um, we'll look at a little thought out of here today. Amen. I like that song. They had no clue what I was going to preach, and I had no clue what they was going to sing. Um, but it's amazing how God lines things up. Amen. And I appreciate the Lord for doing that. Job chapter number one. And let's stand in honor and reverence to the reading of God's word. Job chapter number one. I want to read some verses out of here today and give you a little thought with the help of the Lord. Years ago, uh, uh, my dad preached a message entitled the same thing that I'm going to preach this morning. And uh, matter of fact, about two or three weeks ago, I sent daddy a text and uh, I said, I need your message on Job. And he said, which one? And I told him. And so he took a picture. He said, you'll not even be able to read it. I said, well, I want it anyway. And he took a picture and he sent me about five or six different pictures of that message. And now for about two or three weeks, I've been studying on that and building off of that. And the Lord's given me a little thought off of it. And I want to give it to you this morning and see if the Lord will help us. Job chapter 1, verse number 1, the Bible says this. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and issued evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance was also seven thousand sheep and three hundred camels and five hundred yoke of oxen and five hundred she asses and a very great household so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went out and, and feasted in their houses everyone his, uh, everyone his day uh, and sent and called for their three sisters uh, to eat and to drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting was gone about that Job sinned and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then, answer, then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God, and issueth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast thou not made a hedge about him? and about his house, and about all that he hath on every side. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in the eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants, uh, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, the fire of God is fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. 
While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there also there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in thine eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Boy, you want to talk about a bad series of phone calls, if you want to put it that way. It wasn't even phone calls in that day, but one after another after another and then after another comes before Job. And all of them was one thing, but when it came down to that very last one, and he says this, while he was yet speaking, verse number 18, there came also another and said, thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And he begins to talk about how now his sons and daughters are even dead. Verse number 20 said this, Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Father, I love you this morning, and I thank you, God, for your blessings. I thank you, God, for being good to us, and I pray, God, that over the next few minutes, God, that you'd help us today. I pray, God, that you'd breathe on us as only you can. I pray, God, Father, that you'd touch our throat, touch our mind, help us to preach with clarity of thought and clarity of speech, God. I pray, God, that you'd help us to recall the things, Lord, that we've studied the past few weeks, God. I pray, God, that someone in the service today, if they're not saved, God, that they would be saved. Lord, if there's one here out of your will, I pray, God, that you'd bring them back close to you today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. I hate allergies. Does anybody else, can I get an amen right there? I'm telling you, the past four or five days, mine's been killing me, and I'm taking allergy medicine, but I'm dry now. Does anybody know? Is everybody awake this morning? Y'all all right this morning? Everybody all right? Y'all just want me to listen. Y'all just want to go home, and, and we'll come back night and try, because y'all act like you're dead in the door now, just to be honest with you. Everybody awake this morning. Let's just get that out of the way before we go any further. When you come to the book of Job, it's a very interesting book in our Bible. Matter of fact, this book of the Bible stands alone, uh, uh, separate from any other book in my personal opinion of our Bible. It's a very interesting book to study and uh, one thing that you'll find out about the book of Job is that the book of Job is known uh, uh, in poetry today as some of the greatest uh, and most beautiful poetry that's ever been written whenever you study it out by his Historians, you'll find out that the book of Job is more than likely uh, the oldest book of our Bible today. Now, I understand according to the way that the Bible is laid out that Genesis comes first, but when you look at history and you look at when it was written, this is known uh, as the oldest book in our Bible today. One reason that it is known uh, as the oldest book of the Bible is because uh, there is no law mentioned here in the book of Job. So it was written before the law. Whenever we come to the book of Job, we'll find out that the book of Job is a book of questions today. It is a book of questions today. As a matter of fact, there is over 250 questions here in the book of Job. If you'll go to chapter 38 and read chapter 38, you'll find out that there's at least 39 questions just in chapter number 38. 
It brings me to this right here. It is a book that is written and relevant to our day because you and I, just as Job, tend to question a lot of things in our life. Why is this happening like this? Why is this going this way? Why is this like this and this like this? Why can I have this? Why do I have this? Why can I have this? Or why am I going through this storm? And the book of Job is made up of questions. As a matter of fact, you'll find out that some of those questions is asked by God. I said this, chapter number 38, there's at least 39 questions. And you know who is asking? those it is God talking to Job and asking Job when you come here you'll find out that in chapters 1 through 3 there's Job's distress in chapter 4 through 37 there is Job's defense but in chapter 38 through chapter 42 there is Job's deliverance yes Job may have entered into a storm that lasted a year in his life but there was a day that Job came out on the other side of his storm. When he said it this way, the book of Job, you'll find his fellowship. You'll find his fortune. You'll find his family. You'll find his folly. In other words, the storms that he was faced with. You'll find his flesh has boils from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. You'll find his friends turned their back on him. But then you'll find his future before it's all said and done. I want to say this to you this morning. It's interesting to note that not only his friends turn their back on him, not only does his children end up dying, but his wife also in chapter number two ends up saying, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? Job, why don't you just throw in the towel? Job, why is there any reason to keep going? You know what Job says to her? He says, you speak as a foolish woman. Said, you're crazy. I'm not giving up on God. God's never give up on me. I'm not going to give up on him. Now, before we criticize Job's wife this morning, let's take a minute to understand what she's been through. She's walked through the jaws of death on 10 different occasions, giving birth to her children. Losing her fortune was one thing. Losing the animals, and if we want to say it this way, the farm and all of their money was one thing, but she's lost 10 children at one time. So before we criticize her, we might ought to think what she's been through because I really don't know what I would say if somebody knocked on my door today and told me all three of my children was dead. I can't promise you that I'd be in a church house tonight preaching the word of God. I may be in the same boat she was in. Amen. Amen this morning. So before we criticize her, let's think about it. Then this book, it reveals the animosity that Satan has towards God's children. Can I say this to you today? Satan absolutely hates us as God's children. Satan had one agenda when God allowed him to go down to Job's house. And it was to cause Job to curse God and die. But that is not what happened. You see, Job, and I understand that Job didn't have the Bible in his day like we do in our day, but can I say this? Oh, we do have the Bible today, so we must be reminded of what Paul talked about when he said this in Romans eight twenty eight. and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose. You see, there is times that God allows us to enter the storm. There is times that God allows us to go through heartaches and troubles and sorrows. There is times that God leads us to the bitter waters of Mara. But God has a plan in every bit of that. We know that. All things. I'm reminded of what Paul said 
2 Corinthians chapter number 12, here's what he said. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul was saying, because of my infirmities, because of my heartaches, because of my thorn in the flesh, I now have the power of Christ resting upon me. Can I say something to you? When we enter those storms in our life, if we'll be obedient to God, God can manifest himself through us and we can come out on the other side of it with the power of Christ being manifested through us. So Satan... Here in chapter number one and chapter number two is allowed to make a trip to Job's house. The Bible even says that he comes to present himself before God and, and the Lord says, what are you doing, Satan? And he says, I'm just walking around to and fro in the earth and I'm interested in somebody to jump on. I'm looking for somebody to mess with. And watch this. The Lord said, Hast thou considered my servant Job? The Lord was the one that said that. The Lord was the one that said, I've got somebody. Have you considered Job? And you know what he says? Well, Job's a good man. Job's an upright man. But if you let me touch him, he'll curse you and die. Now, I'm not quoting everything verbatimly. So you know what God says? Go ahead. Take a trip down to Job's house. Here's what I want to preach on for just a minute this morning. Some things Satan found when he got to Job's house. You see, Satan took a trip down to Job's house. The Lord allowed the devil to pay old Job a visit. But when old Satan got to old Job's house, there were some things waiting on him when he got there. Number one this morning, what did Satan find when he went to Job's house? Can I say this? Number one this morning, he found a hedge that could not be penetrated. He found a hedge that could not be penetrated. Look in verse number 10 of chapter number one. Here's what Satan says. Hast thou made, hast not thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. What did he find when he got to Job's house? He found a hedge that could not be penetrated. He said, hey God, if you let me go down there, there's a hedge that I cannot get through. I began to think about that. And I began to think about what a hedge is. What is a hedge? Well, I'll make it real simple. If you was to open that door and look out that door, just right on the other side of the parking lot's a hedge. There is a fence that is built. There is three goats inside that fence. Let me tell you the reason that hedge is there. It's to keep those goats inside of the hedge and it's to keep things on the outside from coming in. It's to keep them in and to keep things out. Can I say something to you today? When the devil got down to Job's house, he found a hedge that could not be penetrated. You see, God had been a hedge around the life of Job and not just the life of Job, but around his wife, around his children, and around everything that he had. And the only way the devil could do anything to Job is if God let him inside the hedge. He found a hedge that cannot be penetrated. Here's what your Bible said in Job 3.23. Why is light given unto man whose way is hid, and whom God hath hedged in? Listen to what your Bible said. Lamentations chapter number 3, verse number 7. He hath hedged me about that I cannot get out. 
You know what he's saying? He's saying that God, and, and I just want to say this, I'm just going to hit this and move in real quick. Oh, but right there's you some good scripture on eternal security. He hath hedged me about so that I cannot get out. Aren't you glad today that God has put a hedge about us? And even though the devil may try to get in, and even though the devil may try to mess with us, and even though the devil may try his best to destroy us when he gets to 10, 93, a store Road, there's a hedge from an almighty God that has been placed around me. There's a hedge that he could not penetrate. There was a hedge that he could not penetrate. I thought about this. There was two ways for Satan to get in that hedge. Number one is if God let him in, or number two, if he let him in. If Job himself let him in. Now, can I say something to you this morning? You can't open your heads and let the devil come in and mess around in your life. I was, I was talking to Daddy this morning about a preacher that we've been trying to help and we've been praying for. He and I both, and here's exactly what Daddy said. Daddy said, that preacher is allowing the devil to have a playground in his mind. You know what he's doing? He's opening his hedge and allowing the devil in. You know, let me tell you something. If you go to the things of this world and the ways of this world and you go run with this world, all you're doing is opening your hedge and allowing the devil to come in and mess with you. But aren't you glad today uh, that if we stay close to God uh, that there's a hedge uh, that God has put around us. Watch this. He just didn't put it around Job. Watch what he said in verse 10. Hast thou not made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Oh yeah. I thought about the Bible over there in Luke chapter number 22. The Bible said this. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Watch this. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brother. You know what he done that day? He said, Peter, listen, Simon, listen. Oh, the devil wants to destroy you. Oh, the devil wants your life. But I have prayed for you. Aren't you glad today that there is a God that prays for us and that has hedged us in? Number one, he found a hedge that he could not penetrate. Number two, watch this. What did the devil find when he got to Job's house? He found a hedge that he could not penetrate, but I say this. Number two, he found a heart that he could not provoke. He found a heart that he could not provoke. Look in verse 22 of chapter 1. Watch what your Bible said. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Look in chapter number 2, verse number 9. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. Look at verse 10. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What shall we receive good at the hand of the Lord? And shall not we receive, or shall we not receive evil? In all this did Job sin, or in all this did not Job sin with his lips. You said, preacher, what he, he found a hedge that he could not penetrate, but he found a heart that he could not provoke. He found a heart. He thought, you know what? I'll go down there to Job and I'll put my hand on everything that he's got. And he does and he goes back to God in chapter number two and says, I've touched it all. And he retains his integrity. And God says, touch him. God lets him touch the flesh of Job. Now he's got bulls from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. And his wife's got mad at him now and says, curse God and die. And you know what Job says? You speak as a foolish woman. Shall not we receive good at the hand of God and not go through storms and not go through heartaches? Let me tell you what he found when he got to Job's house. He found a heart that was stayed on the Lord. He found a heart that said, I'll trust God. I'll stay with God. He's still right. He's still holy. He's still pure. And I'll stay with
with him. He found a heart that he could not provoke. He found a heart that he could not provoke. I've already said this. Job lost his family. He lost seven boys and three girls. He lost his finances, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 joke of oxen, 500 she-asses. He loses his flesh. Now watch this, chapter 2, verse 13. So they sat down with him. Who? His friends. And well, friends like this, you don't need enemies. So they, so they sat down with him upon the ground seven days and seven nights and none spoke a word unto him. For they saw that his grief was very great. They didn't even say, I love you, man. I'm praying for you. They didn't even say, just shoot me a text if you need anything. Look in chapter number 5, verse number 1. Call now if there be any that will answer thee. And to which of the saints wilt thou turn? Look at this, chapter number 16. Chapter number 16, verse number 1. Then Job answered and said, I have heard many such things. Miserable comforters are y'all. He said, all y'all awful at comforting anybody. You stink at loving somebody in their times of trouble. That's what he said. He said, y'all awful at this. But you know what Job never done? He never looked at the Lord and said, I don't understand this, God. You've done me wrong, God. You know, you want me to tell you what he found? Here's what the devil found. He found a hedge that he could not penetrate, but he found a heart that he could not provoke. And maybe the devil comes and sits down with him and says, man, God ain't good to you. Come on. Somebody say amen right there. I can't remember who it was. It was Hannah, that's who it was, the other night. They had come up uh, to the cabin for a little while. And, and we, Brother Ramsey, had preached on being thankful and giving God praise for what he had done. And the kids began to testify. And Miss Hannah said, you know what, preacher? She said, it's just like you said. Sometimes it's like that Tom and Jerry illustration you use. There's one on this shoulder saying do this. And there's one on this shoulder saying do this. This one saying live right. And this one saying go into the world and indulge in the world. And maybe the devil crawls up beside of old Job and says, God's been bad to you. God ain't never done you right. God's took everything away from you. Here you said your family's gone, your finances is gone, your flesh is gone, your friends have turned their back on you. Job comes to chapter 13 and he says, I tell you what, devil, I've got something to say about all those accusations. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Job 14, 14 said, if a man dies, shall he live again all the days of my appointed time will I wait until my change comes your Job was saying my heart is stayed on him my heart is stayed on he found a heart that he could not provoke hear me and hear me well it's easy to live right when everything's going right it's easy to praise God when everything's going right it's easy to say, hallelujah, brother Kevin, when the house ain't on fire. It's real easy. Brother Kevin, it's easy, Miss Nicole, to say praise God when your little boy's sitting on the front row at church testifying and bragging on God. But let your little boy pass away unexpectedly. Let your house catch on fire. Let the car fall on your husband. I'm still mad at that suburban. I'd burn it if I could find it. Let the car fall on your husband. Now, you know what? Brother Kevin said this. In the midst of all of that, that night after Brady passed away, I'll never forget it. We standing on the back of that little old Toyota truck and he looked at me. I said, Brother Kevin, how you making it? And here's what he said. He said, every once in a while, preacher, there's a breeze from another world that passes through. He said, that's the way I'm making it. You want me to tell you what the devil found? When he got down there, he found a heart that could not be provoked. And they decided to say, my heart is stayed on you, Lord. My heart is stayed on you. He found a hedge that he could not penetrate. He found a heart that he could not provoke. But can I say this, number three, what did the devil find? 
when he got to Job's house, he found a hope that he could not prevail against. He found a hope. (laughs) My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and His righteousness. Oh yeah, he found a hope that he could not prevail against. Go to chapter 19. Chapter number 19. I know we're flipping this morning, but that's all right. Look in chapter number 19. Here's what he said. I'm talking about he found a hope that he could not. You want me to tell you what hope is? Hope is what we have in Christ today. Hope is what gets us through the storms. Amen. You say, what's Webster say about it? Ask Siri when you leave going up the road. Here's what it is. Jesus Christ. Mercy. Grace. Long-suffering. That's what the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. There's as good of a, 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 a definition to hope as you need. He found a hope that he could not prevail against. You see, he tried his best to defeat Job, but Job had a hope that he could not... Oh, yes! Look what he said in chapter number 19. Here's what he said in verse number 25. For I know... I like that. Don't go no further. I'll get there in just a minute. For I know... Job don't hesitate. Job don't say, let me go home and pray about this thing. Job said, I know. I know. I like somebody that is confident in what they're telling me about. Are you with me? I know. Watch this. He said, for I know that my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. You know what Job was saying? Here's what he's saying. He's saying, I have a hope today. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blues. This is not the end. This is not the last chapter. Hey, there's another chapter to this thing. And we are more than conquerors through Him that saved us. Amen. He found a hope that he could not prevail against. I thought about this. He said, I know. He said, I know about a Redeemer. He said, I know my Redeemer. I know my Redeemer. You see, there's somebody. Job was saying, there's somebody. Now, this is so interesting. I don't have time to go into a theological discourse here, but this is so interesting because Job don't have the Bible. Job don't know that Jesus is going to come and going to go to the cross and die for the sins of mankind. But he's already talking about a Redeemer to come. He's already said, I know somebody's going to come one day. He said, I know about a Redeemer. But watch this. He said, I not only know about a Redeemer, I know about a resurrection. He said, my Redeemer, what? He liveth. You want me to tell you the reason the devil found a hope that he could not prevail against? Here's the reason why Job had somebody that was alive and well that was helping him. Oh, yesterday, friend, I don't pray to Buddha. I don't pray to some false god. I don't pray to Mother Mary or nobody else, but I've got a Redeemer today that is alive and well, seated at the right hand of the Father today. And the reason I have hope in the midst of hopeless situations is because I know about a resurrection. So I know about a redeemer. He said, I know about a resurrection, but watch this. And that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Job said, I know about a return. Again, he don't have the Bible, but here he is, the oldest book in the Word of God that's already showing us that the Lord Himself shall descend with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet them in the clouds. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these. He said, I know. Why has he got hope? Because he knows that there's a day coming. That the Lord's going to return, but watch this. 
He said, why has he got a hope? He said, because I know about a reunion. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you the reason that we have hope after this. Here's the reason why. Here's the reason why. Because there is hope beyond this life. Listen to what he said in Job 23.10. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Gold fears no fire. Can I say this, can I say it this way? Gold knows the only way that it will ever be pure and be what it needs to be is through the fire. Can I say that again? Because I don't think hardly anybody got it. Gold knows the only way that it will ever be pure and ever be what it needs to be is through the fire. Through the fire. Are you getting that word through? That means it don't stay in the fire. Through the fire. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. How many has faced hard days in the past months, in the past year, in the past two years, or the past three years? But look around. You're still standing. God has brought you through. Why has God brought you through? Because when the devil got down to your house, he found a hope that he could not prevail against. He found a hope that he could... Hey, listen. My hope's not in the stock market today. My hope is, 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 is not in the stumbling president. My hope... Look here. My hope is not in you today. I love you. I appreciate you. I thank God for you. There's some people in this room right here that, and everybody means a lot to me, but I believe everybody knows what I'm thinking. There's some people in this room right here that has been there in the darkest moments of my life when a lot of other people didn't even know nothing was going on. And you know what? I appreciate that. I appreciate that. There's two men in this room, and I, I don't, I'm just being honest. There's two men in this room that has prayed with me and prayed for me and my family in the altar before when I went to the altar. When I went to the altar. Now I'm not, I'm not, don't everybody come around the next time I bow down, okay? I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. The preacher goes to everybody else. But there's two different times that my family has been in major storms. Been in major storms. One time I knelt up here by myself and an individual prayed for me. Another time I knelt over here and an individual prayed for me. And you know what? That means the world to me. That means the world to me that they come put their arms around me and, and called me out and said, Lord, help my pastor. Help my pastor's family. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. But hear me today. My hope's not in those individuals. Your hope better not be in this old boy. Let me tell you the reason why something may trip up here in my mind this afternoon and I go off the deep end. Happens to people every day. Happens to good people every day. Their minds, they lose. It happens to pastors. It happens to pastors' wives. I don't mean, I'm not putting nobody on a pedestal, but you just, you don't have a clue at the hours my wife puts into this church. You don't have a clue at the hours she puts into this church. The way that she prays for you individually and calls your names out to the Lord. There's a lot of times I'll go, well, you know what, i got to text such and such and check it on. She said, I did yesterday. I did yesterday. You know, I have, and you know what, there's, there's a lot of pastor's wives that lose their mind. There's a lot of preachers that lose their mind. And if your hope's in me today, I might flip out this afternoon and go off the deep end. And there you'd be hopeless. But hear me and hear me well. My hope's not in you. My hope's not in you. My hope's not in nobody up there. Nobody out there. My hope's not in my daddy today. My hope's not in my mother today. Here's where my hope is. I know that my Redeemer liveth. That's where my hope is. He found a hope that he could not prevail against. But that's not the end of the story of Job. Let me show you one more thing. 
Chapter number 42. Chapter number 42. <laughs> Look in verse number 10. And the Lord turned again the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. And I'm not going to preach on that, but boy, you want to talk about a message. When, what, when he prayed for his friends. Who was his friends? Those miserable comforters. That outfit that sat with him for day in and day out and never said nothing. That outfit said, your life's full of sin. Something's wrong with you and that's the reason all this. You know what Job had to do? Can I say it this way? Had to pray for his enemies. Had to... Mm. That's what Brother Ramsey did the other night, wasn't he? Mm. Somebody got on a piano with him the other night. We'd have tore that cabin down. Mm. He had to pray for his friends. Mm. How long's it been? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since you prayed for that person you don't like. Come on now. Somebody say, Amen, up in the house of God today. Yeah, I didn't figure I'd get none. That's when the, the captivity of Job turned, though. Watch this. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he had prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had had before. Can I say this? Number one, he found a hedge that he could not penetrate. Number two, he found a heart that he could not provoke. Number three, he found a hope that he could not prevail against. But number four, and I'm done, he found a harvest that he could not prevent. He found a harvest that he could not prevent. You see, God had plans for Job's life. And God wanted to bring a great harvest out of Job's life. You say, well, what was that harvest? Well, we know that he ends up with 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of ox, and 1,000 she-asses, and 20 kids at the end of chapter 42. He's got twice as much as he had in the beginning. We know that, but can I say I believe it's beyond that? You say, what was the harvest that God had for Job. Well, you know what? There's 140, 150 people sitting up here on the side of a hill today that's been going through some storms in your life and God is using old Job this morning to show us what the devil should find when he gets to our house. You see, Job could have thrown in the towel. Job could have said, I'm done. Job, anywhere in this year, Job could have turned around and walked away and chapter 42 would not be what chapter 42 is today. Are you hearing the preacher? But you know what Job said? Here's what Job said. There's a hedge that he's not going to penetrate. Here's what Job said. I've got a heart and I'm not going to allow him to provoke. Here's what Job said. I've got a hope beyond this world. I've got a hope that he cannot prevail against. And because of that, the devil found a harvest that he could not prevent. Come start playing softly, even if you want to play that song that, you, that she was just singing. Think about this, Galatians 6. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And here's what he said. And let us, verse number 9, Chapter 6, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Here's what he said in Psalms chapter 30, verse number 5. Weeping may endure for the night. Weeping may endure for the night, but... He, the psalmist didn't stop right there. He put one of those Holy Ghost conjunctions in there. But joy cometh in the morning. You say, preacher, it's midnight at my house. Daybreak's on the way. Preacher, it's rough down at my house. The thunder's rolling and it's dark. The sun's coming up in the morning. Weeping may endure for the night. But joy cometh in the morning. 
Listen to what the Bible said. Genesis chapter 50, verse number 20, talking about Joseph. But as for you, ye thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good. God had a purpose for Job's life. This was wrote down in Daddy's outline. The devil tempts us to bring us down. But God tests us to bring us up. The devil tempts us to bring us down, but God tests us to bring us up. What did the devil find? He found a harvest that he could not prevent. See, God had a plan for Job's life. Job, Job wouldn't have been half the man he was if he hadn't went through this year in his life. Let me show you one thing in closing. The Bible tells us in verse 13, he had also seven sons and three daughters. God gave him seven sons and three daughters back. Verse 14 said, and he called the name of the first Jemima, in the name of the second, Keziah. In the name of the third, Karen, her puck. Now when I first read that, I thought, I sure am glad Job wasn't naming me. Are you with me? But names meant something in the Old Testament. And, and I find it interesting that his boys are not named. We don't see the names of his seven boys. We just see the names of his three girls. So I went to study him. Jemima, here's what it means. Day or dove. Job was saying the darkness has been turned into light. That dove is a symbol of peace. And he was saying out of my turmoil, now God has brought peace. Oh, you're hearing the preacher this morning. Keziah, what a name. It means fragrance. God had replaced the stench of loss <laughs> with a sweet smell of victory. But then there was Karen Hapuk. I mean, could you imagine? Keziah, Jemiah, Karen Hapuk come to lunch. What names? Karen Hapuk. This one, this one got me. It means box of eye paint. Box of eye paint. What's that stuff y'all put over your eyebrows? Eye shadow. Yeah, I ain't never had, I, I don't guess I've ever had none. You got four women, they might have put it on me when I was asleep before. Let me back up and clarify that. I got a wife and three daughters. Somebody listening to that on live feed and say, preacher said he had four women up there. I do, I got a wife and three daughters. <laughs> but watch this it's a box of eye paint when you study the Hebrew word out it's the same word that is used in Exodus 32 when Moses comes down on the mountain of transfiguration or off the mountain when God had met with him and, and here's what they said they said that his face shone with the glory of God why because he had met with the Lord and his face was shining with the glory of God. When Karen Hapuk was born, he said, I think I'll name you a box of eye paint because it is through the gloom that I've had to go through that now the glory of God is shining through, <laughs> is shining through my life. You see, you think that you've been set over here for a little while and nothing's ever going to get better. But can I tell you something? There's a harvest that God's trying to develop. Whew. There's a harvest that God's trying to develop out of your life. And if you'll just remember, there's a hedge. Uh huh. God put a hedge about you the day you got saved. If you'll just remember, there's a hedge. If you'll have the right heart, 
and not allow the devil to provoke it in the wrong way and realize that there's hope beyond this life and what God's doing He's just trying to create a harvest can I say it this way I know y'all are ready to go but can I say it this way you know what I'm going to do this week nothing happens I'm going to put the plow on the tractor and go up on the mountain where Olivia killed that little old deer at last year we're going to drop that plow in the ground brother Charlie and if that ground could talk it would probably say ouch because it's breaking it all up because it's hard but Tim I'm going to break it all up I'm going to break it all up and then Josh I'm going to broadcast some clover out there can I get an amen for clover I'm going to broadcast that clover out there and I'm going to cover it back up and put a bunch of lime in the ground and you know what for a few days if that ground could talk it'd say that old boy sure hurt my feelings I wish he hadn't done that to me but you know what in a few months me and old Olivia if the Lord will send the right kind of rain and everything stood care of the right way we're going to stand out there and go man what a clover patch thank you ground thank you for what you've done for me thank you for what you produced and you know what's happened maybe in your life right now God's backed up and put the turning plow on can I just bring it down in our country terminology and he's dropped the turning plow in your life right now and he's turning the ground up he might have the rototiller on there and he's really working it hard and you may be going I don't understand all this but you know what's been happening through the preaching of God's word the seed's been broadcasted. God has something for you. God's got a plan for your life. God's got a plan for your life. Boy, if you'd have told us 10 years ago when Dakota was cut, had his pocket knife cutting the seat out of the back of the van out there that he'd be in Lenore today married and pre- well amen preaching the word of God to somebody today we'd have said there's a bunch of idiots wouldn't we brother Randy but you know what happened God backed up and dropped the plow and the preacher went to sowing the seed and the Holy Ghost came by and watered it and now today we look back and look at the harvest that's coming out of that bus boy's life well amen look what God's doing because somebody stayed with it. Don't quit this morning. God's got a plan for you. God's trying to do something with you. Just stay with Him. He's been patient with you. So you be patient with Him. And when you're ready, and He knows you are, guess what's going to happen? The clover's going to start coming up. <laughs>